Welcome back to the JC Podcast and thank you for tuning in for another episode. I hope you are well wherever you are listening to this and I look forward to bringing you more content in the future. Our new YouTube series will be up and running very soon. This will hopefully allow the podcast to be more accessible to people as well as presenting it in a different format. Today on the show, however, I brought in my trusty American friend, Dylan Stram, to pre- preview the upcoming NFL season, which will be starting very soon. We're also going to be talking about everything that's going on in American sports at the moment, as well as giving you our tips and predictions for the rest of the season. Dylan, how's things, mate? They've been going about as good as you could <laughs> hope for with everything going on right now. Just uh, taking everything as it comes with the uh, NFL and NBA, lots of crazy yeah. stuff. It's been a crazy couple of months and obviously sports have been very uh, impacted by that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not even a crazy couple of months, a crazy couple of days, especially in the NBA uh, side of the world. Obviously, the uh, the Bucks boycotting their game yesterday, which led to this, uh, you know, post postponement, I would say, of the postseason. Um, we heard this morning that the players will still go ahead. Uh, which is great news for the sport. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, I think it started with the uh, the NFL Detroit Lions canceling practice, yeah. and then the Bucks kind of followed with that. And uh, I don't know. I think I think today, last couple of days, will be remembered as one of the uh, bigger days in at least American sports history. It's hard to yeah. think of any twenty four hours that kind of made a bigger impact on the news cycle than the last 24, 48 hours. Well, I was thinking, I think the only time, obviously different circumstances, but the only time that something like this has been cancelled, like sport being cancelled, all codes, you know, all different types of sports on one day, obviously was COVID and the NBA kind of kicked that off. But the last time I can think about that is 9-11, where everything kind of shut down after 9-11 and... So obviously two times in our lifetime, that's happened. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, man. To you know, see I think everyone. I think nine eleven was not one of the one that I thought of when I first thought about this. I kind of it might be a bit beyond your time, but I was kind of thinking yeah. of the ninety six Olympics, um, uh, the bombing at the ninety six Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, um, yeah, was, yeah that nine eleven and this are yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man. But obviously, this is. Um, the first time that the players have actually um, boycotted, it's not the, you know, the whole yeah. sports world kind of shutting down for a reason. It's the players boycotting to, you know, send a powerful message that they don't want to play until something gets done about this social rights stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, as I said, hopefully the players will still going. Um, have you been watching the playoffs so far? I know the, the Blazers are down three, one in your series, but um I had been, yeah. So far, yeah. The whole, you know, I'm a I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan, and the the whole run for them just getting in was pretty incredible. I mean, Damian Lillard just did some stuff that we really haven't seen any point guard do incredible ever. I mean, even I mean, he kind of out Steph Curry, Steph Curry there for for a couple weeks, um, and then yeah. the, the Suns were were crazy, giving us a preview of what they might be able to do next year and. You know, you got Doncic doing his thing. I think they had a different time zone down there called Dame Time for a little bit. They, yeah, yeah, <laughs> up here in the Northwest in Oregon, we're used to it, but uh, Orlando got got to see a, a glimpse of that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry, I cut cut you off there, but yeah, Luka Doncic has been playing incredibly well as, um, yeah, not just throughout the playoffs, but the whole season. Really, he's really stepped it up from his rookie of the year um, campaign and, you know, got himself not into the MVP conversation, but he's gotten pretty damn close. Yeah. He, I, he'll, he'll be there the next, uh, I mean, next 10, 12 years. He's, yeah. he's making a name for himself for a long and, time to come. And with him and Porzingis together, the Mavericks are going to have a pretty strong <laughs> team for a long time. They could, as long as Porzingis doesn't keep taking shots at people. <laughs> or gets injured. He seems to be getting injured a lot, that bloke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, yeah, it's been a crazy couple of days in the NBA. As you mentioned, the um, the Detroit Lions cancelling their practice has kind of had a knock-on effect from all this social rights stuff. And uh, there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of days about the 
NFL season, obviously with COVID, it's very hard to uh, do a bubble with the NFL just because of the sheer mass of the teams and, you know, the amount of players in each team. But obviously there's another issue now where, you know, is the football season going to go ahead, do you think? I do. I really do. Um, you know, NFL, they just they have so much money to spend on the testing. They have the ability. Um, the pro sports have been able to come back. College is where we've kind of seen the biggest hit. But the NFL, um, I, I would bet money that they are going to be coming back. I mean, at this point, there are. I, last time I looked this afternoon, I think there are four – four or five teams that are going to be even allowing fans in attendance. Wow. So, um, yeah, all the teams right now, um, like I said, four or five teams have said yes to letting 20 to 25% of seating capacity in. So you could be looking right. at 15 to 20,000 people per game, which is, uh, wow. that's, that's a pretty big that. step from, yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the teams have either, are either underneath like the state or city rules of not allowing anybody for the time yeah. being. Some of them have ruled playing, out fans. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of them have ruled out fans for the first two games. And then beyond that, who knows? But I think um, it's a good sign that there are certain stadiums that are even allowing some people in. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a pretty far cry from the NBA bubble or being afraid of, of no games at all. So I would absolutely think that the NFL is going to happen. I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, obviously, the Chargers, Rams, and Raiders are all moving into their new stadium uh, this yeah. year. That's been, you know, the new SoFi Stadium. I don't know if you've seen a video of it, but it's absolutely incredible. Um, and the Raiders Stadium, for that matter, as well, is pretty remarkable. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty funny are. that, you know, these stadiums have been built and, you know, they're expecting... 70, in normal circumstances, they'd be expecting them to be filled for every game. Right. Uh, but the first couple of games in these stadiums are actually going to be empty, which will be pretty pretty funny to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's a shame, like you said, those brand new stadiums that they've. Uh, I mean, it, with Oakland, Las Vegas, it's kind of sad that they've moved the team out. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, brand new stadium. You spent that much money, and then you don't even get to use it for maybe a whole year. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty remarkable, and especially the you know, not even using it just for NFL purposes. Like they were going to have concerts there. Yeah. Uh, Nevada was also going to play there as well. The Nevada rebels. So it was going to mm-hmm. be many different circumstances and it won't be able to do that. Yeah. That's a lot of money lost. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about you. You mentioned um, the college football season being impacted the most by COVID. So let's talk a little bit about that because obviously I think it's two of the major five conferences have completely ruled out college football for the fall. Yep. Is that correct? That is, yeah. So the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have uh, totally canceled the fall season. Yeah. And they have declared that they would like to play in the spring. Wow. So here in Oregon, you know, the Ducks, uh, that's my team. They're in the Pac-12 and yeah. they've uh, shut everything down this year until spring and um i don't believe um at all that they're going to play spring season for a few reasons i think spring season is just does not make any sense for starters it's the uh here they would be starting in february march that's that's the middle of cold and flu season so if (laughs) you're afraid of coronavirus yeah respiratory uh you know infection and you're wanting to play in the middle of here which is winter february march it's the worst weather yeah and up here in the north in oregon the weather's not great in february march usually yeah. and you're playing in the middle of cold and flu season i just i i don't think a spring season is going to happen for that reason i think you're going to have a lot of players declare for the nfl draft who are right on that line the best players would not play in the spring because they don't want to get hurt for the nfl yeah. I think you're risking – even the guys who wouldn't declare for the NFL, uh, they don't want to risk their body playing an 8- to 10-game season in March, April, May potentially, and then having to turn around and play another 8-10 game season in August, September, November, December. Yeah, that's, they're putting their bodies 
yeah, on the line through hell, well. man. Through absolute hell, man. Especially the yeah. the heavy impact players, running backs, and you know who are running full speed at players every single game. You can't imagine playing that amount of games yeah. in one year. It's just crazy. Speaking it's, about, um, yeah. sorry, just speaking about the the NFL and obviously college football. If it does go ahead in the spring. Um, obviously, yeah, as you said, most players will probably just declare for the draft because the knock-on effect of having college football in the spring is how it's going to affect the NFL draft, the combine, the way players train and get ready for the draft. Like, it's yep. going to have a huge impact on the... Because it's huge. been like that for years now, the, the way that process works and it's done so professionally and so well done. Yeah, um, yeah. I just don't see it happening. I don't think it's the obviously they can't really do anything about it. I think an all right, just get rid of the season and just you know call it what it is. Yeah, the whole the whole scouting aspect is going to be something that we've never seen because no one's yeah. going to know what to look for. I mean, there's not going to be footage on these guys. Yeah, um, no senior ball. No, no senior ball. No. Um, None of the they do all those different games. I forget what they're called. Um, for like the bowl games, yeah. The no, no, not the bowl games. Um, yeah, but obviously, no bowl games. But you know how they do all the different, um, like combined games where they're not actually games, they're just run throughs of right, right. All that stuff won't probably won't happen, will it? No, I don't. Well, I, I think given time, some of that stuff could happen because there's limited contact. Yeah. If they're not games and you're just kind of, you know, you're doing 40-yard dash and you're doing bench press and stuff. You can do that without contact. Um, that could happen given yeah. given a few months from now. But it's it's you're not going to have anything other than those kind of static statistics, you know, that lack a lot of the game context, like your 40-yard dash and your, your vertical jump. You know, you'll have footage from this guy from a year or two before and then, how much yeah. you can bench press, but you have no idea what he's, what his game, his gameplay would be going into the year. Yeah, if you draft a, him, it's a risk for teams because obviously there's a lot of work that goes into yeah drafting a player and picking that right player for your team because you want to make the right st- decision. You're making a financial commitment to this person, especially if they're a first and second round pick. You know, these players right. are brought in to make an immediate impact on your team. Um, right. Yeah, it's going to be. I think the um, then the fact you know we got to mention the fact that the the other three main conferences, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve, are moving ahead with their season. They're going to start late September. So yeah. those three conferences have decided they're going to try and play without fans, and all those players, um, you know, they'll have a heads up in in the draft all the players in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are yeah. kind of up the creek and don't have a lot of options. Uh, they get to keep their eligibility if they, did, if, if they come back. So they'll still have another year. But right. I don't know who's going who's gonna to take advantage of that, especially if you have a shot at going, going to the NFL draft. So that's, yeah. that's going to be the big question. I think the NFL season will totally happen. Um, I would be surprised if it didn't. College is the one where it's really – up in the air and it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out with these college teams pursuing uh, actually playing a whole a full a full season um and in your job as a high school football coach how has covid impacted the way you guys are training obviously i think your season's still oh, going man. ahead our season is not still going ahead so we we were doing we were doing weight training yeah three days a week like usual but we were only allowed to have 10 kids or less in the weight room at a time and they can only come in for 30 minutes at a time. So we had groups of 10 rotate every 30 minutes for two hours. So we would have between 30 and 40 kids in and, um, the, the OSAA, which is our, our state athletic board decided about three to four weeks ago, uh, to cancel or postpone the season. So, the plan for high school is to play the fall sports like football and volleyball yeah. in the spring starting in March. So everything's been pushed back. So all of our school, um, I teach too, and our school has been, it's going to be all online and all the sports have gotten pushed back. So they're hopefully going to start winter sports in December 
and then do fall sports like football right after that in March. And I'm holding out hope it's going to happen. They're going to condense all of the seasons. Normally there are fall and spring sports that last about three to three and a half months. And they're going to try and condense all those into two months each. So it's, it's a challenge. All the games would, the seasons would be shortened to only six to eight games. And it's just, it's such a, it's such a bummer for all of our is kids. It worth, especially is it worth even playing like six? six yeah. There, they have, there are parent groups that have been um, kind of not protesting, but holding rallies about wanting the kids to be able to play. Yeah. And athletics are hugely important in America in, in high school. Uh, high school sports are, are really big and it's a, you know, it's just a big part of, of growing up and, and yeah. being a kid for a lot of kids who go through school and you only get four years to play. And for most kids, you play four years of tackle football and then you never play again in your life. So yeah, even one year is huge for these kids. And for a program like ours who had a, had a pretty good shot at being pretty good this year with some good seniors and juniors, those kids are potentially going to graduate and not going to play their season out. And it's just a, it's a shame that these kids are losing out on them opportunity yeah man it is a shame um well hopefully yeah that all goes ahead obviously it's been um incredibly impacted by covid uh but let's talk let's talk about a sport uh that's you know we know for sure that's probably going to go for head and it's exciting because it's finally football season although it's very different and as you said only five of the teams will be having crowds in the stadium uh football season's finally back and also fantasy football, uh, which we are both big fans of, um, is just around the corner as well, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. There's a lot of great storylines um, for you know, the NFL that would have been kind of overshadowed by the whole COVID thing. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it's just a, a fascinating time to be in the, the NFL fantasy. It's got some... some crazy players coming back and some, some things we've never quite seen before with some players. Yeah. Do you have any breakout candidates for this year? Maybe some, some players that have gone unwatched in the off season. Um, not necessarily. I, I, there's some storylines that I've been following. Um, yeah. Undervalued players. Uh, I mean, I like, I like Joe Mixon a lot. It's Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he and, and Joe Burrow do, the two Joes. Two Joes. Um, yeah, Mixon's always been kind of stuck behind a, a crappy offensive line. Yeah, and, and Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, and Andy Dalton. So, I mean, that's – Mixon, if he was behind even a halfway decent O-line, would be possibly one of the top two or three backs in the whole league. And yeah, he's just ridiculous at his size, what he can do and the cuts that he can make. And then and Burrow, um, you know, I'd – it's fascinating to see what he can do. So much hype, uh, whether yeah. or not he can carry through on that. Well, it's the weight of a franchise on your back, basically, because, you know, the Bengals are not the most successful team um, in the NFL. Obviously, <laughs> no. Bringing in Joe Burrow as the number one pick, and, you know, probably the most anticipated quarterback um, of the last, you know, couple of years. Yeah. It's exciting if I'll you're be- a Bengals fan. It is very exciting. Yeah. I'll be, and I'll be fascinated to see what Herbert does in San Diego or yeah. me, Los LA. Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Still calling him San Diego charge. That's going to take a while for me to get used to, but yeah, Her- Herbert's Herbert is as a rookie going pretty far under the radar. He's uh, not been getting a lot of respect coming in, yeah. but that means, you know, they lost, they lost Gordon, Melvin Gordon to Denver, who Denver, I think could be really good for a while to yeah. come. Yeah, they have a lot of young team. players. They seem to have settled on a quarterback. Their defense is always good. Yeah, uh, but Herbert in in LA, you know, I, he's he's my guy from Oregon here. So I, I wish him the best. I'll be watching him a lot. Well, he's sitting sitting behind Tyrod Taylor and kind of learning from him, or maybe even you know get a couple starts during the season as well. Yeah, I just I think anytime you're playing behind Tyrod Taylor, you kind of got to know that you're going to probably start at some point. Just <laughs> I mean, Tyrod Taylor has shown you what he is, and he's yeah. Besides that one kind of decent year in Buffalo, he, he's, yeah, he hasn't he's been not a starting quarterback. So, 
Yeah, man, it's interesting to see a lot of um, a lot of these teams kind of finally settling on their franchise quarterback because we went through a period for a while where you know a lot of these teams had a quarterback who's injured or you know a quarterback is you know getting a little bit old and getting past his prime. Like obviously the Panthers were kind of a little bit fed up with Cam Newton and we're ready yeah. to kind of move on with him. Cincinnati obviously you know got the number one pick. The Jaguars as well looking you know, at Minshew as their future. And obviously the Chargers uh, picked up a very good player in uh, Justin Herbert. And also the Dolphins as well. Maybe, you know, Tua can be their franchise quarterback for, a, you know, the next decade as well. So it's it, it's really exciting uh, for the NFL. Obviously, there was a lot of pre-agent moves as well. Cam Newton obviously getting picked up by the New England Patriots, which was quite a yeah. surprise for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really exciting. I'm really excited for the season and to see how it all shapes out. Yeah. And speaking of free agents, I think one of the, the big, one of the biggest free agent moves is not even from a player, but from a coach, I think Mike McCarthy in Dallas, that yeah. could be, and I, I, I hate Dallas. I can't stand Dallas, but, uh, <laughs> I, don't I think, think anyone he's can. still a, a really good coach. He's a Super Bowl winning coach and being yeah. in Dallas with a team that's, that's there, uh, he could do some serious damage down there. That could be a team that, that really wins a lot of games this year. Yeah, man. Well, you know, they franchise tagged Dak Prescott because they couldn't agree on a contract. Yeah. I mean, that whole saga went on for bloody ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, still have a very, very good offensive line, probably top five offensive line in the game. And Ezekiel Elliott is a top five running back. And yeah. a good wide receiving core as well. They picked up um, who was the guy they picked up from? I think they picked up Alabama. Was it CeeDee Lamb? They picked up? Um, I believe it was CeeDee Lamb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And obviously Amari Cooper there as well. So yeah, they got a pretty good team. Obviously a, a an emerging defense as well to go along with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking there was there was someone else who just got uh, who just got dropped by a team that I, was Dallas would would be a landing spot. Yeah. So you're thinking of Earl Thomas, aren't you? You just got released. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore. Earl Thomas. Yeah, he had yeah. Some, some stuff go down in Baltimore, and he's he's from Texas. I believe he went to the UT University of Texas. And yeah, he did. So. He's a good player. He's a good player. Obviously, he got um, ostracized in Seattle um, yeah. the season before last, and Hasn't the Ravens have kind of had enough of them? I think. And decided yeah, I heard there were some locker room issues there. Um, yeah, but it would be a Jerry Jones type of move to to pick <laughs> him up, and if he hits, he's one of the best. Yeah, I mean they've already got a yeah pretty good pretty good defense. Um, they do. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's stop talking about the, the Cowboys because they're 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 just going to go eight and eight as we always. Yeah. Do. Um, a couple of other teams that made some uh, big moves um, in the offseason. Obviously, the, the Falcons picking up Todd Gurley uh, was a pretty yeah. big move on their behalf. And, and then the I other... think that's going to be more of an overrated move than... Do you reckon? Yeah, I don't... I think Todd Gurley had some great seasons in LA. Uh, he was yeah. behind a fantastic offensive line. And I, mean, I had him on my fantasy team there the year that he won me a whole... A whole league so thank you for that Todd Gurley but I, I think we've seen that outside of that one year year or two yeah. he's, he's he's real good but he's not I don't think he's gonna be an all-world type of guy in Atlanta yeah no I agree I think he's a bit past his prime he's a bit of a maybe yeah, going, a of, going down that David Johnson route um yeah maybe, yeah maybe not the the steep decline that he's had but um something something similar to that Let's talk about David Johnson for a little bit because obviously he was part of a, a trade package um, that went to the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins, which is, even though this happened a couple of months ago, still amazes me how you could give up one of the, the best wide receivers in the game. Uh, <laughs> no um, to the Arizona Cardinals, who are obviously you know on the rise at the moment with Kyler Murray as their future franchise quarterback. Um, the NFC West is looking like a really, probably the, the best division in football at the moment with the Niners obviously coming off a Super Bowl loss. The Seahawks still being quite a good team and the Rams as well still being quite relevant as well. Definitely. I, that, 
it's hard to imagine a better conference right now or division than uh, the NFC West. I think, yeah. I think the AFC East could be sneaky good. Um, yeah, with yeah. Buffalo and New England doing New England stuff. Miami, who knows? Um, yeah. They could be, but then uh, the AFC, AFC North is always legit too. They're going to be stout. But yeah, I, I think the NFC West, the Niners are going to be, I think, just as good as last year. A lot of times, Super Bowl teams um, regress a little bit in the following year. I don't think yeah. this Super 49ers like that. Yeah, they seem to have just reloaded. Um, we paid, paid uh, George Kittle that money, which was good to kind of get that out of the way because obviously he's yeah. a tight end for, for the future. It would have been a loss to give him up. Yeah, losing Buckner, uh, we'll see how big of a deal that is moving forward. But I don't think, yeah. that, you know, with, with, who, with, with their draft picks, I think they kind of filled the void there on defense just fine. I think they're still the cream of the crop in the NFC. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's San Francisco and Tampa Bay in the, the NFC championship game. Yeah. Uh, Seattle is always, you know, I mean, Seattle's going to Seattle. And <laughs> I think the defense, the de- defensive line especially, uh, is could be a weakness if not uh, a glaring hole. So they've lost some pieces there. I think the Rams definitely have some holes on, on defense. Yeah, and Goff, I'm I'm not big on Goff, uh, so I mean, I don't Seattle, think he's worth the amount of money he's being paid. But yeah, no, definitely not. And then Arizona is going to be a fascinating team to watch this year. You just Mate, with uh, with I, Kyler Murray with I'm with all Hopkins about now. I'm all about sophomore quarterbacks, and Kyler Murray is like one of my first picks in the draft, fantasy draft. Third yeah, hundred percent. I, I think he's going too high in fantasy drafts, to be honest. I think he's good. I don't think – I don't know – I had him last year. I don't know if he's going to be – he's not going to be a Mahomes or Lamar type of player. Yeah. He could be or good. Even Carson Wentz before that. Right. He could be really good, but I think at the price that he's going for fantasy, at least, it's just – it's a bit much. But from just a purely football standpoint, that team, they're not quite there yet, especially no, on defense. Not. Yeah, but they they'll win. I, I think I could see them going. You know, eight and eight, going about five hundred, if not nine and seven. Yeah. Who do you think finishes last in that division? The Rams. The Rams. Yeah, I think so yeah. as well. Unfortunately, yeah, I, which is oh. bizarre to think that only a couple of years ago they were in the Super Bowl, but <laughs> now they made the Super Bowl. Just amazing. Yeah, they've fallen off. <laughs> They're probably the worst Super Bowl hangover of all time. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It was just kind of one of those years where everything clicked and everyone was kind of shell-shocked by the Sean McVay offense. And yeah. uh, the next year, everyone kind of caught up and was able to handle it. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the NFC because obviously the NFC at the moment is just absolutely stacked. Yeah. Um, FC South is going to be another really interesting division uh, with the Saints obviously leading the way um, and the Falcons not just far behind them, but obviously Carolina losing Cam Newton, bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. uh, Sorry. Uh, But, you know, they've still got Christian McCaffrey there. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on Carolina a little bit. You are definitely higher on Carolina than I am. I think if they win, I think if they win even five games, it'll really? be a, five games. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They got too many too many holes across the board. They got they got McCaffrey. They have uh, DJ Moore. Yeah. But Bridgewater, just not. He's kind of a perennial backup to me. I don't think he's he's uh, fated to be a long term. He went five and zero in five and zero in New Orleans. Yeah, that was kind of that seems to happen every now and then. You know, Garoppolo did that in New England. He was when Brady was was out. Yeah. Um, uh, even even Jacoby Brissett was able to win some games there. Yeah. But I think every now and then we see a backup come into a good situation and win games. And I think that's kind of how what happened with Bridgewater. He played on the you know second or third best team in the NFC last year, and they won games and. I'm not terribly surprised with the weapons that they have around them. But I, I think Carolina is just a, a far different situation than 
when New Orleans, you know, Carolina's got a new head coach. Uh, Ron Rivera is in Washington now, so yeah, whole new whole new coach, whole new team. Not new playbook the same as well. Of, new playbook, not the same type of weapons around him. Uh, yeah. Continuity goes for a lot in the NFL in football in general, and New Orleans has that continuity for a guy like Bridgewater to step in and just go with the flow for a few games. Yeah. Well, we obviously haven't spoken about the last team, the NFC South, which went through a dramatic change um, over the course of the offseason, which is obviously the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picking up the one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Tom Brady, although he is, you know, 40, what, 42, 43 now? 42, um, yeah. In the d- decline of his career, uh, but he's still capable of winning some games. They obviously picked up Rob Gronkowski as well. They have Ronald Jones... Uh, who's emerging as a RB1, uh, which will be pretty good to see, and also Chris Godwin as well. So they have a pretty good offense on that team. Yeah, Tampa Bay, like I said earlier, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and the NFT title game. Their offense is going to be loaded. They also Brady. have a sneaky, sneaky good defense as well. They have a – they do. Yeah. They do. Their defense, I think, even – I mean – even before Brady came in, that you, you had to look at their defense and think that they were sneaky good. They yeah. went under the radar, but did a lot of good things last year. They're, I think. Do you think Brady thought about that when making his decision? I wouldn't be surprised. I, I had, yeah. I've never quite heard the full rationale for why he chose Tampa Bay, but yeah, sure. <laughs> it's got to be a combination of the right fit. You know, he can't go to a team that's already got their quarterback, so. Yeah. yeah, Winston's on his way out. Tampa Bay has some legit weapons around with Chris Godwin and Evan Mike Mike Evans. Mike Evans as well. I didn't mention him. Yeah, yeah. They've got they've got some weapons around them. And Mike Brady Brady's used to kind of throwing underneath to those very technical slot receivers like Edelman. Yeah. And the last time he had a receiver like Evans was probably going back to Randy Moss, just being yeah. able to throw it up to a 50-50. And it's not a 50-50 because Evans can kind of go up and get whatever. So, <laughs> More like a 90-10. <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking from a fantasy perspective, I mean, Evans yeah. can have a monster year. I'm, Godwin's I'm, not quite I'm looking the same at Chris Goblin because he had a breakout year last year. I think he's going to be a really good fantasy player this year. Yeah, I think I think he'll he'll – be it stand about Pat from where he was last year. He's not the same type of slot receiver Brady's typically thrown to. Uh, yeah. He's kind of used to, like I said, those very technical uh, route runners in that position to throw underneath. And Godwin kind of just hangs around and then runs, runs underneath. So he could, he could have another great season. Um, I don't think he's going to break out like he did last year. Yeah. But, I think Evans could kind of have a come, kind of a comeback here. Yeah, he's always been a good receiver. I think the the biggest breakout on that team, um, from a fantasy perspective, is Ronald Jones, in my opinion, because Brady's always somehow played with you know subpar uh, running backs, but in the last five seasons, he he's had a running back on his team finish in the top fifteen um, in fantasy points which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So I think Ronald Jones is definitely going to benefit the most. He's also put on uh, six to eight pounds as well. He's been training incredibly well. He actually moved to Arizona in the off season to train uh, with his trainer all day, every day. So I think he's going to be the breakout candidate from a fantasy perspective for this season. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see him have a, have a breakout kind of season. Although running backs gaining weight typically – is a little scary to me, but we will not as, see. Not as bad as Frank Gore, hopefully. No, or uh, or Eddie Lacy. Yeah, Eddie Lacy was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that was something else. Speaking um, speaking a bit more about the AFC, we haven't really touched on that. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs coming off their Super Bowl win. Um, they added a, a very good uh, running back, in my opinion, who I think is going to be used basically straight away in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I think he's yep. going to be a really good running back. Obviously, Andy Reid is utilizes running backs very well from a fantasy perspective, getting getting them a lot of touches and also using them um, as a catching threat as well. Um, I think with those kind of running backs, we saw Kareem Hunt a couple of years, years ago kind of have an immediate impact. But I think with 
Clyde Edwards Alehi will uh, definitely midway through the season be really, really getting some good production in uh, from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he's kind of the number one guy most people are picking as their kind of breakout rookie yeah. running back just because of the system and what Andy Reid likes to do with running backs. Yeah, it's kind of a it's a dream it's a dream pick for him because he got picked up with the. I think they had the 32nd pick, obviously, because they're Super Bowl champions. So it was kind of a dream pick for any fantasy fanatics um, out there when he got picked up by the Chiefs. Uh, because obviously yeah. the draft, yeah, the draft, you know, can go so many different ways. It's hard to read what teams are going to do, except for, you know, the, the top five picks. You can kind of work out, you know, the team's biggest need and, you know, the player that kind of suits that. Obviously, the 49ers... Um, we're a bit of a, from our perspective, we're a bit, bit odd in their first pick going with a DT. Um, straight yeah. up. I can't even remember the guy's name. Kinsler. Uh, Kinsler, yeah. Which is Kinsler, yeah. a bit interesting. I really wanted them to get CeeDee Lamb. Um, or that guy, that wide receiver from LSU, who's pretty good as well. I think he went to, um, I think he went to Las Vegas. So, but obviously we got um, the Arizona wide receiver, who is apparently really quick. Yeah, he's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue right now. Oh, he Ayuk. does. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. and then so, Jalen Hurt too, getting hurt again. Jalen Jalen Hurts getting hurt. It's a bit of a yeah, two years <laughs> in a row, man. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think Car- I I was a bit honestly a little bit surprised by that move as well. Obviously, the other big quarterback move in the first round was um, the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah. deciding to pri- prioritize their future over essential needs in their draft. I cannot believe that Aaron Rodgers has been with the Packers for, what, 15 seasons now, 12, yeah. 12 as a starter, and they have not picked one specialist player in the first or second round. No, that's just kind of, well, think about who Rodgers probably should have gone to. Yeah. And- he probably should have gone to the Niners. The Niners passed on him. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a California kid. He went to Cal. Been a 49ers fan his whole life. Right across the bay from from yeah. uh, from San Francisco. Sounds like but, a sounds like another uh, famous quarterback as well. We'd obviously Tom Brady growing up in Northern California as well. Oh, jeez, yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy. Yep, man. missed out on two. You know, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in you know, the space of what, five years. Yeah. That's, and to think if they would have had those guys on top of having Steve Young and Montana, I mean, yeah. man, that'd be, we, we, that'd be some we, we won 12 Super Bowls by now. Yeah. At least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> it's, it's speaking of green Bay though. And Rogers, that's just kind of what, just kind of what green Bay has done. They're, yeah. they're the only franchise in the NFL. That's not, that doesn't have an owner. They're owned by the people. So yeah. all of the people kind of own stocks or shares of Green Bay. And I think, you know, Green Bay's method for the past decade plus has been to try and build through trades and not really do a whole lot of drafting yeah. or drafting skill players, skill positions. Drafting light round skill players has kind of been the mantra. Yeah, and they don't – sorry, they don't do a whole lot of trading. And so they kind of build through – their own organization and they have not uh, provided Rogers with a whole lot of weapons, which I'm grateful for as a Niners fan, because I don't want them to win. So, <laughs> but if he, if he were to have, you know, legit weapons around him for more of his career, I, I think he's got a pretty decent roster to work with at this point. And he's yeah. always had a pretty decent roster going back, you know, even like Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Jordy Nelson is good. Yeah. Yeah. So he's always had guys around him, but not quite like the players that some of the other quarterbacks have had. That have always, won at all. always had a pretty subpar defense, though. Um, Definitely. If you look at his, some of his potential championship runs have been uh, incredibly impacted by, you know, the defense not really ed- yeah. living up to their end of the bargain. Um, and he's yeah. kind of had to, you know, put put it, put the team on his back and do everything basically, you know, scoring an incredible amount of points. Um, yeah. So yeah. do you think the question is, do you think 
Rodgers is going to finish his career at Green Bay. No, I don't think so. I think, he's got, I think he's got two more years. And then... On his, yeah. Yeah, and they'll slowly... He'll become a free agent and then he'll... Don't know, go somewhere else. I was, I was thinking, you know, it'd be cool for him to finish in San Francisco if Jimmy G doesn't live up to the hype. But to be honest, I don't really see that happening. Maybe, Probably not. Yeah, maybe an AFC team, maybe another team in California, you know, maybe even the... New England. New England. Wow. That, yeah, that could be... Imagine if, imagine if Bill Belichick, you know, Cam gets hurt halfway th- through the season, Bill Belichick trades for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Although yeah. I think, I think there's a better chance of him going there as a free agent in a couple of years because there's absolutely no way Cam Newton's going to last as a starter for two years. So yeah, it's a possibility. I think speaking about New England, I think that if Cam does stay healthy, I think they have a really good response. Uh, sorry, really good chance to you know stay relevant in that um, AFC East. Obviously. They've kept a lot of their players on defense. St- Stephen Gilmore, who had incredible season last year with six interceptions, um, and uh, you know the two McCourtneys as well. They still have a really good top tier defensive team, um, and Josh McDaniels can finally bring in the RPO that he's been wanting to use for um, ages and hasn't really been able to do with Tom Brady because he's not that type of quarterback. But you can finally try and do that with Cam Newton, which is really exciting. Well, um, the the deal with New England though is that they've had a, a number of players. Yeah, they had players opt out, haven't they? Opt out of the season. So um, I would be bigger on New England if not for that. But they've had some some key guys decide to to not play the season. Yeah, man. Which is going to affect. Uh, I think the I think the opt out date has passed though, so no no players can opt out. Um, from yeah. On right, yeah, yeah, uh, which would be would have been quite interesting to see teams at their full strength. Obviously, that hasn't happened in the NFL and um, hasn't happened in the NBA as well with the Brooklyn Nets um, not having Kyrie Irving and most of their starting five as well. Um, yeah, which was yeah interesting to see. Um, coming out of the NFC, AFC, the NFC. I think the 49ers is still going to be really strong. I think. Yeah. The Saints are going to be really strong as well with Michael Thomas being, you know, fully healthy and Drew Brees obviously coming back as well. Um, they still have a really good defense as well. Um, with the Saints, obviously Tampa Bay uh, with Tom Brady are going to be a really good team. Um, they'd, they'd probably be my my three my three teams. I think one of one of those teams will be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I'm going. I you know I'm going going with my heart and saying San Francisco is going to come out of the NFC. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think that's a far fetched. No, I don't guess. think so either. Yeah, I think there's still some question marks with Tampa Bay. Uh, even though I think they could, they could win the whole thing. They could win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, but we still know that San Francisco's defense is going to be second to none, and their offense can score a ton of points on anybody on any given Sunday. So we yeah. kind of know the deal there. They're kind of the given commodity. So I think, you know, I think between San, I think you got San Francisco, Tampa Bay, New Orleans are going to be our top three, uh, followed probably by green, green Bay and Dallas. Yeah. But San Francisco comes out of there. I'm going to go with a bit of an upset. I think Baltimore is going to come out of the AFC. I think so as well. Their defense got better with, yeah. with adding Calais Campbell. Campbell this year for the D line, and I don't think we've seen an offense quite like that, especially adding Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, um, not Jonathan Taylor. Who they add? One of the J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah J.K. Yeah, Dobbins. Yeah. So they already have Ingram there, who's a, a monster, a three down monster. So I, th- yeah. I, I think. Buffalo could be sneaky good, though I'm not big on Josh Allen. Neither am I. No. I think Pittsburgh people are kind of underrating. I Pittsburgh, think obviously, yeah, Roethlisberger coming back. And yeah. still got Juju Smith and James Conner there as yeah. well. They have a pretty good offense. Yeah. I think the, the AFC South is going to be 
uh, kind of a crapshoot. Philip Rivers in Indianapolis <laughs> doesn't have an arm left, but he's got a pretty good team around him, and not probably T-Y the best Hilton's pretty good player. Yeah, and they they have a stable of running backs too behind yeah. them. Maybe the best offensive line in the in the NFL. Well, they picked up Jonathan Taylor, who was a pretty good pick. Um, yeah, that's what Indiana. Yeah, so yeah. Indiana native going straight into the team is pretty good. Yeah, but I so I think I think Baltimore comes out. I think they beat Kansas City, even though picking against Kansas City seems a bit ridiculous. But what? I think Baltimore's yeah. got everything you need. I think those two teams now with Tom Brady gone in the AFC, I think those two teams for the next five years are going to be, especially with Lamar and um, can't believe his name, Mahomes. Um, yeah. being two very young quarterbacks and having two very young teams with them as well. The Ravens, obviously, with Holly, having Hollywood Brown as well, who's going to be a really good receiver for them this season. Those those two teams are going to be in the conversation for AFC yeah. Championship game for the next five years at least. Yeah, and I think kind of the trend this year that you're gonna you're gonna see is that with the limited offseason workouts, no preseason games. Yeah, everybody's jumping into week one. For the very first time. Yeah, it's crazy. And it'd be kind of wild seeing some of these rookie quarterbacks and rookie players just in general. Week one, snap number one, you're you've got no preseason and you're looking at, you know, you're looking down the throat of some NFL ten year defensive end coming down wanting to smash. So I think it's gonna uh, affect the rookie quarterbacks the most, I think. Totally, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, like I said, the trend that you're going to see this year is the, the, the best teams are just going to get better. The veteran teams, they're going to be the best. Kind of the younger teams, those teams with new rookie quarterbacks, a lot yeah. of rookie players, they're going to have to get more vanilla and more basic with what they do because they just haven't had the time. While yeah. the older teams like the Niners, with all their pieces back, they're going to be able to get more complicated. We're not um, we're not an old team or an experienced team. I think is the right word. We have a very a veteran, very young, yeah, very young core. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Especially on the defensive side of the ball, we have a very good uh, starting yeah. four. Obviously, yeah, losing Buckner is a little bit of a a blow, but um, you know, Nick Bosa is going to be a an incredible player for us for hopefully the next decade or the rest of his career if we can keep yeah. it. Up. Um, and yeah. Then, D Ford as well, being a very good uh, defensive tackle as well. And hopefully healthy the whole year. Yeah, yeah hopefully healthy. But I yeah, those paid a lot of money those for experienced him, so. teams are going to be the ones who can get more complicated as the years, as the season goes. And it's, I, I think you're going to see a pretty big gap between those those teams and the the lower tier teams separating yeah. as the year goes. I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of um, disparity, not just in the the way teams are playing, but also in the record, um, in the standings. I don't think there'll be a lot of... Um, I think a team is going to win their division uh, quite easily, especially in those weaker divisions. Um, you yeah. normally see at the end of the year, a lot of teams, you know, playing in for a... Not playing in, but, you know having to win their last game or having to win their last three games in order to make that wild card spot. Um, yeah. As you said, I think there's going to totally. be a bit, of, a bit of a gap between those teams that, you know, could make the playoffs and, you know, kind of maybe dip off at the end of the season between the teams, you know, like that and the teams that, you know, are, are going pretty much, you know, guaranteed or, you know, 80% chance of actually making the playoffs or winning their division. So I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of surprises this year. I think no. it's going to kind of play out very chalky. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, man. Um, I'm just looking at the Super Bowl odds now. Obviously, the, the Chiefs are 5-1. to one. I thought it was a, a pretty ridiculous um, Tyreek Hill's comments after they won the Super Bowl saying that uh, they're going to win You know, the same amount of Super Bowls as uh, Michael Jordan did with the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, they're <laughs> going back to back to back twice. Um, I just don't think is really a, a viable opinion. In my, it's a, bit, a little bit arrogant. Uh, I might yeah. be a little bit biased because you know our team did lose, but it's a little that's bit just, arrogant from him to say something like that. Outside of New England, that's just not how football or the NFL works. Yeah, it's not. Teams don't. Teams don't repeat, much less three-peat. 
yeah. much less win six, seven championships. And well, who was the last team to win three Super Bowls in a row? I don't think anyone has. I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever done it. I think t- a lot of teams have done it twice. The Niners yeah. have done it twice. The Patriots have done it twice. The Cowboys. The Dolphins did it. Dolphins did it. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever won it three times. Obviously, Green Bay as well. Yeah. I don't think anyone's won it three in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's all we've got time for today on the podcast. Um, I hope you liked our predictions um, and, you know, opinions and storylines for the NFL season. Hopefully the season goes ahead. I'd just like to thank Dylan uh, very much for being on the show. Thank you, man. It's been great to be here. Awesome, man. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the JC Podcast. If this is your first time listening, be sure to head over to either our Facebook page or Instagram account to check out some more exclusive content. We're also expanding to YouTube in the future to make our content more accessible to everyone. So be sure to check that out when that comes out. For now, thank you and catch you next time.